You're listening to Spice Radio 1200 AM. This is The Morning Buzz, and we are speaking to Charlie Smith, the editor of Vancouver. Charlie, how are you this morning? Oh, I'm doing well, thanks. Karen, how are you? I'm doing very well, Charlie. Thanks for asking. Now, Charlie, there's been a lot of news this week, as there always has been, but especially in the world of media. And I want to start out talking about this Fox News uh, lawsuit that just happened. So in a last-minute deal, Fox News finally settled a defamation lawsuit from the voting machine firm Dominion over its coverage of the 2020 U.S. election. And the network agreed to pay essentially 787 Point five million dollars to Dominion. That is a lot of money. But Charlie, what does it mean, you know, in terms of for the future of Fox News, the Murdochs, and you know, American media in general? Because this is big. Yeah, what you've got with uh, the Murdoch family is there's actually two corporations. So you've got their media company, uh, Fox Corporation, and it's a publicly traded, uh, you know, company controlled by Rupert Murdoch, um, you know, headquartered in New York City. And then he's also got his other media outlet, News Corp, or company, which owns all these other assets that he has, including um, the the New York Post, um, assets in Britain, in Australia, and around the world. So when you look at the News Corp, which is uh, one of the companies, its net uh, revenues in 2022 were 760 million, which is very close to what this uh, settlement was, and that was on revenues of 10.4 billion. Um, so, so, so this is this is serious money. Um, then you get to the to the but the Fox Corporation is is separate from that, and then it has its own revenues and its own um, kind of results and uh, and and that's uh, I can I can call up their results right here in terms of their second quarter earnings but, but this 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 will hurt um, it's uh, not uh, it's not pleasant I don't think for the Murdoch um, company at all so if I go through their uh, their six months I just gotta I should have had this up yeah their uh, their earnings um, was wasn't that high actually for the six months? Uh, it was about a billion dollars um, through through their first six months. So if you say two billion dollar profit on the year, um, then they have to pay out seven hundred sixty-seven million. Um, it's, it's a big chunk of change, but it's it's not going to break them. It's still a profitable corporation. The the big danger, I think, are these other lawsuits. That are coming um, in terms of uh, another voting company has an even larger lawsuit than, than Dominion, um, more than two billion dollars, and all the evidence has come out now, which which will strengthen their case. The other issue, the people who are most vulnerable, actually, I think, is, is Rudolph uh, Rudy Giuliani, the uh, former mayor of New York City, who is spreading all sorts of lies on on the air about stolen elections and what was happening. Then the other one is the lawyer, Sidney Powell. Uh, she's also being sued, as is Rudy Giuliani. And I think Fox will, will survive this, but I'm not sure they will. And they may be bankrupted by it. So uh, 
but, it, but, it, but I don't think this is something trifling. This is a huge loss, and it also spares the Dominion voting systems employees of having to testify and facing threats and all, all of that. So I can see why the company settled, took the cash, and the cash itself speaks to kind of the humiliating defeat of Fox. It's true, and it's not really the first time that Fox News has been in this kind of trouble for lying. They seem to get away with it. But this one, I feel, Charlie, you know, it really sends a message that, hey, there are consequences, you know, if you don't check your facts and you don't tell the truth. So in that way, it's a really big deal. So let's see what happens there. But now I want to move into the world of Canadian media. So another big story this week is CBC slash Radio Canada paused activities on its corporate and news Twitter accounts after the social media platform put a government-funded media media label on CBC accounts, and it's something they've been doing to a lot of public broadcasters. But then we got news this morning that the tag has been removed altogether. And I think one of the things, Charlie, that was kind of concerning out of this story is there was kind of this conversation going on saying that, um, especially from conservative leader Pierre Polyev saying, oh, how the CBC is somehow like a puppet for the government. And Twitter had this definition saying that, oh, the government somehow has editorial control over CBC. So what are the concerns around there, Charlie? Because there are a lot of people who unfortunately believe that and don't understand that, you know, CBC is separate from that. Yeah, I think we have to see Pierre Poiliev is, he's basically running against the CBC as he tries to get a, a conservative majority. And and there's, uh, while it may seem nonsensical to be attacking journalists and reporters and criticizing them, um, the playbook was developed by Donald Trump south of the border, but he's also talking about cutting off funding for the CBC, and that's actually something that will be very popular with some private uh, media corporations, because CBC uh, decided to enter the space, for instance, to compete on advertising um, with their website. And there was a debate, should CBC a publicly funded uh, broadcaster that receives, I think, about $1.1 billion a year from the government, should it be allowed to advertise on the website? And CBC Radio didn't advertise. TV did. But the government, or at least the CBC uh, Board of Directors, which is chosen by the government, decided to say, yes, CBC could accept advertising on, online. And that really irritated uh, Tour Star, uh, Global, Bell uh, uh, Canada, which owns uh, you know CTV Network, and so when Paulie was talking about cutting off funding for CBC, and then playing up this opportunity that was afforded to him by Elon Musk and Twitter, uh, part of it is he he he's playing to the choir of private media. And uh, the owners in particular, I don't think the journalists are, are as affected by this. Um, but it will lead to endorsements for the conservatives uh, before the next election. You can almost guarantee that from post-media network. Um, so, so that's the game he's playing. And it's also a good fundraising uh, issue for the conservatives there are certain hot button issues. If you start attacking the CBC, in your and then you put out fundraising letters, you 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 generate money uh, from from you know right wing supporters. It's the same with the crime 
I think one of the reasons that Stephen Harper kept ratcheting up the crime um, kind of sentencing and various issues, mandatory sentencing, was it also played well with the conservative donors. So, so Polyev has a few constituencies here, including his base. Uh, his base is not going to be happy with him, or at least the social conservative base, in that he's not coming out with the position that some of them want on abortion, i.e. ban abortion. So he needs to feed them some other right-wing you know, red meat, um, whether it's the CBC or whether it's the drug problem on the downtown east side, and that's a way to mollify them because he's not giving them what they want on social issues. And um, so he's, he's kind of walking a bit of a tightrope, which all conservative leaders do, and I think that's where the CBC comes in. That's a long answer, man, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long answer, but I appreciate the context, Charlie, because it was quite the story that had a whole lot of conversation behind it, too. But, Charlie, also, what do you make the fact that, you know, a company like Twitter, I should say Elon Musk, is kind of putting these sorts of labels on media companies? Because you even had, like, NPR, another pub- public broadcaster down south. They decided, hey, you know what? We're not going to use Twitter at all. And I feel like for me, the concern is, is that, you know, if these social media companies try to label these um, public broadcasters a certain way, and if they all get off Twitter, then, you know, where are you going to find those legitimate sources if more news organizations decide to leave? Yeah, I think what's happening is he tries these things. And then when there's a reaction, he has a tendency to pull back. Um, and But I also think he wants to keep Twitter in the news which is another strategy that he's doing because uh, Twitter still needs more more participants. Uh, The media use it, and and, and lots of people use it, but there are way more people on Instagram and Facebook than on Twitter. So he's competing with these companies for advertising. And one of his strategies, I think, is deliberately to make news with Twitter and keep Twitter in the news all the time. It was never in the news before Uh, Musk came along. Uh, but at the same time, he's uh, jeopardizing the brand uh, with with his management, and it's also hurting him on Tesla because the Tesla stock has fallen. It went up quite a bit earlier this year, but it's in, in quite a retreat right now, so then investors are upset. He's had to lower the price of his Tesla cars because of increasing competition from electric vehicle manufacturers. And then he's got Twitter, and and so... I think some of the Tesla shareholders are getting upset that he seems to be focusing so much time on Twitter, and who knows where this will lead. Um, but at the same time, uh, he's he's certainly keeping Twitter in the public consciousness. He really is. I feel like we're always talking about Twitter all the time, so I guess his strategy is working, Charlie. Now, finally, I want to talk about a piece out of Vancouver. There's some new banners that have been set up in the Punjabi market. Tell us all about it. Yeah, this is quite fun. Um, the creative director of the Punjabi market is Jesse Sohal, um, and and he worked with Chase Gray and Musquim Shimson, uh, ancestry artist, uh, to create these banners. And some kind of show the salmon. Uh, some show uh, the, the uh, Punjabi script and uh, the Fukari and. I think they look great, <laughs> and, and they're hanging on the poles. It's you know another step in the revitalization of the Punjabi market at its peak. It had more than 300 stores. 
some of them went out to Surrey and went out to Pyle Business Center and places like that. Uh, but I think the merchants are working hard to revitalize the area, and uh, they're certainly capturing the attention. The murals, uh, I think, are, are really outstanding in the market. Uh, unfortunately, some of them are in the alleys, and and then you have to go down the alley to see the murals. It would be nice if they were on the front of the buildings, but, but that's not really uh, practical. Um, but at the same time, these are top artists who are doing uh the murals, Diamond Point, Jesse Sohal did one of them, um, you've got Sandeep Jawal, um, Jagnagra, you know, these are top-rate artists. So, you know, I think I think it's coming along. And it's a long-term project to, to bring it back. Some of the stores, or some of the action now in that part of town is, is over on Fraser Street. So I think it would be nice to, to have more in that kind of 48 the 51st Street of, of Main Street, which is where the Punjabi market is. But, but they're making progress, I think. Oh, I, I think it's beautiful. Honestly, Charlie, I'm all for, like, Muir murals just, like, everywhere all around the city. And I think for the Punjabi market, it really adds a nice touch to it. So, Charlie, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Have a wonderful weekend. Okay, you too, Karen. Thank you.